Hey, 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 everybody. Thank you for tuning in. This is the Talk Cash or Don't Speak podcast. I'm your host, John Odebo, also known as Johnny Debs. Hope you're ready for today's episode. Let's get it. People, you are tuned into a rant-style personal finance podcast. If you're looking for someone to get in your face about personal finance and investing topics, I'm definitely your guy. The motto on this show is talk cash or don't speak. Hello, everyone. Thank you for joining the newest episode of Talk Cash or Don't Speak. I'm your host, John Odebo, a.k.a. Johnny Debs. I appreciate you listening today. Is that how you guys thought I was going to start the episode? I'm just kidding. Thank you guys for joining us. This is the first episode of November. We are here close to the end of 2021. Pretty exciting stuff. Um, Guys, November is bulking season. Uh, I'm pretty excited about that. I'm eating like four full meals a day, uh, two smoothies, also snacks in between. And I've been, I mean, I try to bulk every single year. It's like a consistent bulk. But I, this is the year we're going to do it. But you might hear me like, maybe I get a little slower on these episodes or something like that. Don't hold it against me. I'm doing it for a good cause. I'm getting big, okay? I'm getting real big, and that's the goal. That's the cause. It's going to be great. All good things to come in the new year. All right, but 10 pounds, here I come. Thanksgiving's also coming a lot, coming up. So, like, maybe 10 pounds is coming your way too <laughs> with a lot of eating. Um, I'm not really condoning letting yourself go, but I do condone making gains. Okay, and you can we can allow ourselves to gain a little bit of weight, but also I'd like to make some gains on this podcast. And the only way I can do that is by you sharing episodes and and posts with your friends, and then maybe follow and engage on social media if you can. Like if you're getting value, let me know. And if you're not, let me know. Let's grow. Uh, that's the I think that's the end of the rhyming scheme for the day. Um, but I appreciate all that support. If there's any type of content or topics that you want to see or hear about, reach out, people. Don't be shy. I'm not shy. I'm an outgoing person. I like talking to people, you know. I'm uh, so I may come across a little harsh sometimes, but in real life, I'm maybe a tiny bit nicer. I don't know about that, but whatever. Just don't hesitate to reach out at Talk Cash Pod on Instagram at Talk Cash Pod. Um, DM any any topics requesting that you you know that you want to hear. But also, feedback is always, always appreciated. Um, Don't let your tummy and my Instagram be the only things that are making gains also. As I mentioned, it's the end of the year. Time's running out to hit your goals for 2021 here. Um, You know, make gains and cut losses anywhere else in life that you can too. Like max out your 401k if there's still a little bit available there. $19,500 is what it takes to max out your 401k. And your Roth IRA, which is $6,000 on a limit there, um, you can contribute up until I think it's like February or March in the next year, uh, 2022, to still get your your max out limit for Roth IRAs and traditional 401ks. So don't feel like you have to do it all in the next month. Um, those first couple months of the new year, you can still, you you can basically contribute them to the past year. Uh, so, I mean, that's another option too. You've got a little more time, but 
I recommend making those moves. If there's any losers in your stock portfolio, um, any any bad investments, take them out to the back of the bar and put them down. Right, like that. Now's a good time to sell them because if you did make some money on other stock sales, then this is a good way to offset those and, and pay less taxes on your gains. Um, cut your poor friends off. It's it's that time of the year where we see uh, people from our past that maybe we let go for a reason and. And they're popping back up with their with their terrible fucking financial advice because they're still at their hometown in uh, the middle of Nebraska. No offense to anybody in Nebraska, but like, I don't know. I mean, maybe you can make moves in Nebraska, but you moved out to the big city. You moved to Lincoln, Lincoln, Nebraska. <laughs> and um, they're still in the small little hometown with the one cornfield versus Lincoln, which has like six cornfields. Their advice is fucking irrelevant. They can't help you. They're only going to drag you down and pull you back, right? Um, if they have the right mindset and they're just in a bad situation, then maybe that's not the friend you need to cut off. Maybe you can help them. But for the most part, a lot of, I mean, we're probably old enough now where people have decided what path they're going to take in life. And it's really hard to change change that. And it people get very stuck in their ways. Let them go. Don't let them fucking hold you back from your goals. Uh, refinance your car loans is another thing you could do right now to a lower interest rate. You could refinance your mortgage to a lower interest rate, renegotiate your insurance. Um, I think that's something that people don't know you can do, but whether you renegotiate with your insurance company or whether you just cancel and switch or go insurance shopping every year, that's a pretty good, pretty good, uh, practice like every year, every two years there because they get lazy and you can catch them slacking and, and take that money and go invest the difference and you know the fucking rest, right? Get rich or die trying. Um, Wi-Fi and cable bills can also probably be negotiated a little bit. Um, some of these companies probably have retention programs. So if you call and say you're going to leave, they'll transfer you to their retention department. And then maybe you get like a month free or um, you know, a percentage off or something like that. But most of these, most of everything, like a bill bank loan, anything like that can be negotiated to some point and they can help you uh, to some point if they think that you're going to leave. It's easier to maintain and retain customers than to try and go and get new ones. That's customer acquisition and that's a there's a fine cost to that. The weather's getting cold, baby, but the market and our accounts are getting hot, all right? There is, it is a hot winter. So don't worry about Anything that's going on outside, lock yourself inside for a couple months, tune in, I'll be here, I'll be here to keep you warm, and I'll be here to help heat up your portfolio. So today's guest is Dennis Regalado. He's an enterprise software sales rep here in Denver, Colorado, also an entrepreneur and just an overall general hustler. Uh, I think this is going to be a great episode because he's got a really good background where he kind of shares how he got to where he is now and how his upbringing affected his financial investment outlook and his overall drive really creative dude every time dennis and i get together we, we both kind of talk cash for a living because we're both in sales but um whenever we get together it's a riot uh you know pick up on some of the tips today in general the biggest takeaway is that we're two people who are willing to make ourselves uncomfortable to to succeed in this grand journey of building wealth of wealth chasing like that Kevin Gates song, like paper chasers, you know, we're wealth chasers. And um, I think, you know, not everybody wants to make themselves uncomfortable, but if you're not uncomfortable, you're probably not growing. 
you probably have to make a sacrifice or two to really be in you know the top 10% of earners or top 10% of uh, net worth and then eventually try to make that move up to maybe like the top 5% or something. That's what we're fucking talking about here, people. If you're on this show to be um, in the 50th percentile of earners and net worth in the entire world, it might not be the right podcast for you. But I also think that um, you could probably learn some things to to put yourself in a little bit of a better position. You're probably selling yourself short. You're probably better than your average fucking person because you're listening to a podcast about making money, right? Like that already shows that you are willing to put yourself out there and maybe hear some uncomfortable things, uh, challenge some ideals and mindsets in order to take that next step. So tune in today. Hope you enjoyed the episode. And yeah, let me know. Thank you. Take care, guys. Here's the episode. Being able to invest is a privilege that we take for granted here. And that's why I'm just like these people who are not investing like, oh, yeah, I probably should get on my 401k. I'm 27. Like, what the fuck are you doing with the rest of your life? Because like people are trying to survive in other countries. Here, we have the opportunity to build wealth. It's crazy. And like, and then it's like if you don't even if you're not even passionate about building wealth, like just think about what you can do with more money. Like every problem in the world, other than like health, even health goes away. Magic Johnson showed that. Is like, that what, oh man. Yeah, I would say you're an immigrant, I'm an immigrant. So yeah. kind of, we, we grew up in these, I mean, I can tell you, like, I grew up super poor as a kid, so that's probably yeah. why I have that hustle. In St. Louis? No, I was born in New York, Queens. Okay, okay. First generation, we lived in, you know, Queens, Jamaica Hospital. Damn. Yeah, like, I was in the ghetto, I remember the stories my dad said, you were so young and... Just to keep you sleeping, I had to put my hands over your ears because there's gunshots going on. That's fucking wild. Yeah. Okay. So that's that's legit where I grew up, and it's crazy. My parents were like, we have to get over here because that's the only way to make it, right? So they went to school here. So they had to get over where? To the From New York. From Ecuador to oh, New okay. York. They were in school, going to college. You know, I grew up in a very uh, religious home. Both my dad and mom were pastors, planting churches. And everywhere, we moved every three to four years, man. I like jumped so many states. Yeah, and, I've done that a lot too. I think maybe that's the immigrant thing. Yeah, like definitely a different background there, but like the immigrant way is like uh, if the opportunity isn't here, we move two states. What's two states when you've come? Yeah, like I don't even know how many miles, but like my yeah. parents came from fucking England. Yeah, your parents came from Ecuador. That's a huge leap. Whereas yeah. like New York to Florida or New York to like Missouri, it's yeah. fucking and they have no ties. Yeah, like exactly. Yeah, yeah. So it's constant movement. I think uh, since I was a kid, I remember my dad had multiple jobs. Okay. And, like, that's kind of the thing that said... And he also had, like, a bunch of degrees. He, like, I think he had two de- masters. Did he get those in Ecuador? Did he get those when he moved here? He kept going to school. He was just like, I'm going to do whatever Ever it takes. I'm going to get every single option to make money. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, but even with those degrees, you know, and he was learning a second language, he always uh, had to have a second job just yeah. to be able to survive for all of us. Um, so I guess that's... You have the sister and... I have two sisters. Two sisters, okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So they were born in Chicago. That's where we moved next. Okay. I lived there for a couple of years, and then we went back to Ecuador, and was there, and I learned Spanish. That's how how old were you when you were there in Ecuador? I was in second and first grade there. Okay. Yeah. And then we came back, and if I remember right, we moved to Cleveland, Tennessee. It's a little boat town. Cleveland in Tennessee, not yeah. Cleveland, no, Ohio? No, it's next to Chattanooga. It's a little town. If people know it, there's like Lee University there. So my okay. dad decides to uh, plan a church there, but go to another and get another master's degree. Uh, just I'm <laughs> He's addicted you, to the education. The education, and he's like, this is going to help us. And so we stay there, I think, just for one year. Yeah, it's third grade. 
uh, maybe fourth grade actually at the end of it and then we go to and I always forget this I think I went to Tampa after that yeah Tampa Florida that's okay. right and that's how we kind of like because you're from there yeah. right yeah 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 so I went do we have St. Louis and Tampa in common yeah we do you've been yeah, fucking yeah. following me <laughs> although you're older so I guess I guess By I'll give a little you bit don't I'm, make me feel I'm too old. you yeah yeah, yeah. Uh, so we went to Tampa. I was there fifth, sixth, seventh, and eighth. Okay. So I was there a while, um, and yeah. And then from there we went to Ecuador again. I went there for high school for two years, and then I went to St. Louis for the last two years of high school. High school. Okay, that's where you played in. Like, do you say Cannibal or something? Oh no, I went to uh, Christian High, the most private school you can go to there. It's like okay. Yeah, yeah. We went state two years. You know, that's where I played soccer, and that's how I ended up going to college. Right? College. You played for a Christian school in mid-Missouri. Yeah. By Mizzou. Right? No, I went to Union University in Tennessee. Oh, okay. okay yeah, gotcha. yeah. It's, but it was a really Christian school. Yeah. Okay, Baptist. I remember you telling me that. Yeah, it's okay. very Baptist, very much so. So, went there, you know, did my degree in international business with the French minor. Um, and I did the French minor because I was like, I already speak Spanish. Yeah. Let's get another language. Oh, you, I didn't even remember that. You like how I agreed? you like, bonjour, mon ami. Yeah, yeah. You remembered it. You remembered <laughs> yeah. it. Yeah. Yeah. And so I guess, I guess, I guess that was the age where I was like, fuck, I speak uh, three languages right now. Yeah. I, I felt very entitled. I was like, I need to get a sick job. That was my mentality. <laughs> I need to get a sick job. I need to get, I'm going to be, I'm going to be making so much money. I was thinking, and I, I went to France to live for a year and a half uh, or a year and, um, went to school over there. Dude, I'm telling you, it's probably the hardest thing I ever did. Cause I remember like leaving my school. And you did I, like higher education there? No, so I did the rest of my, so I finished my business courses, and I needed, I needed to do one more international business class, okay. so I did it over there at the Ecole de Management, it's like a famous school over there in Grenoble, but my teachers here at Union were like, just FYI, I know your Spanish is good, like, you're fluent, but your French is like, okay, Yeah. you're going to a real French school, I was like, what do you mean? And I was like, whatever, so I flew out there, dude, and I still remember my first day, it was like a French... Um, French economy, which is like a French economy. Uh, so, literally, I walk into class and it's all real French kids. There's no, like, there's like four Americans. Yeah. And like, the teacher doesn't speak English. Damn. And we're doing, poli- oh, French politics. That's what it was, French politics. Okay. And and you didn't grow up with any of that shit, so. I yeah, no It's gotta idea. be tough. So, there's a PowerPoint and I'm literally snapping with my iPhone. Just pictures of all the notes because I can't understand anything he's saying, and all the tests are essays. I'm like, I can barely write. Yeah. So yes. that was really intense, and I still remember. I was like, What am I gonna do? How am I gonna How am I gonna pass these classes? So eventually, like you know, the hustle mentality came through. I was like, All yeah. right, I recorded all this. I can re-listen to it. I can kind of like read the notes and translate them hand by hand. So I. Literally after, what, four courses in the day, I'd go to the library and spend there till like, I don't know, 11 o'clock at night, just going Damn. through the, the courses again. Yeah. Like, literally read. But that's also a really good way to study. Yeah. And, like, teach yourself more French. Yeah. Like, it just, it does suck. Yeah. For those that have never learned another language, like, once you start getting those headaches. Yeah. Like, your head hurts, it's because you're learning something. Oh, there you go. Okay. Yeah. So, if, you're, if your brain isn't hurting, then you're not, not learning, learning shit. No, yeah. no, no. It's like, a, it's a survival instinct. They talk about it, like psychologists talk about it, like babies and every kid learn it so fast because they soak up. But sure, you your brain older, is more malleable, right? Yeah, when you get older, it's not like that, but there is a way to click that again, and it's called a survival, like, I don't know, it's like a survival technique, like you 
you need to survive here. So somehow your brain adapts and is like, I need to learn. So I started dreaming in French and all that stuff. Like it okay. actually started coming eventually because I was deprived. But I feel like you truly immersed yourself. I had to. Like you were like all day listening yeah. to French classes and re-listening to French. Yeah. So like you had no fucking choice. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. I had to pass. And then also the social life. I'm a very extroverted person naturally. So going out with people I had met, I'd sit, I still remember this. We went to some McDonald's downtown and um, I'm sitting with their friends. They brought me over and he barely spoke English and his friends spoke no English. Yeah. And I'm literally sitting there. I'm like, Trying to understand what they're talking about, I'm yeah. laughing with them, trying to pretend I'm laughing. <laughs> you know, like I'm just yeah. trying to get in. And, uh, yeah, yeah, just and, go with the vibes. Yeah, just go yeah. with the vibes, and I'm like, I need friends. I can't do this. I'm by myself. Like, uh-huh. And so that hit me too. I was like, dude, I can't do this. I got to know what they're saying. So th- those little things pushed me. Uh, eventually, you know, was pretty fluent when I got out of there. Came back and uh, you know started the hustle. You know. Did you work in fi- didn't you work in finance to start your career? I think you told me something. Yeah, like you yeah start, I was like... at Scott Trade for a year. Okay. So I got my Series 7 and did that during the worst time. So actually, when I got back from France, I didn't get, like I told you, I fell in title. I thought you want a cool was... job, yeah. sick job. Guess what I did? What did you do? Did you work at a supermarket or something? Close. I was working at a gym. Okay. Calling, like, random people that signed those parts, you know, like, the Free intro, yeah, 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 yeah. So I was cold calling like crazy God. people. I hate gym salespeople. They are so bad. They're like, I don't know if this offer will be around tomorrow for the fifty percent off exactly. the gym. I'm like, okay, yeah. like I'll pay full price for the gym. Yeah. I don't give a fuck. Yeah, like uh, it's just funny. It's the only okay. thing I could get, man. It was yeah. so sad. What year was that? Two thousand twelve, maybe. Okay, so the economy's kind of recovering at that point from two thousand eight. Yeah. yeah, but but because like yeah, two thousand eight, two thousand nine, people with like degrees, master's yeah. degrees, were like taking fucking McDonald's jobs. Yeah. So yeah, I guess it's slowly recovering. Yeah. Now. So well, they weren't hiring people that had no experience. Like sure. Here. Yeah. And so I was like, okay, this is all I can get. I was yeah. in Nashville working at Gold's Gym, and dude, it, it was kind of that thing. It was like I'm not gonna be home. I'm not gonna live off my parents. I'm gonna freaking work. So I went to the gym every day, and I got to work out for free. But sure making those cold calls every day. And then eventually, like, this is the funniest thing I did. They're like, I started thinking, like, how can I get more people to call me? So Like inbound? Yeah. Like, yeah. how can I get people to call me instead of all these stupid leads to free trials? So I put Craigslist uh, ads out there of me, like, because I had changed my body so many times. Yeah. I was, like, bigger and I got ripped. And so I post these pictures on Craigslist. And you're like, were you, like, a personal trainer? Yeah, like I yeah. put that. Come personal trainer thing because I would do it for free at this gym. Yeah. Sign up for 30 days, like do this. Yeah. Just to get people to come That's in. funny as fuck. Yeah. So they're going for the personal training, not for the, not necessarily for the I was gym. just trying to get them in the door. Y- yeah, you know? sure. And, you know, because you didn't. And once you get them working out, they're yeah. going to like it, probably. Yeah. yeah. Like, so that's the funniest funny. thing is, like, I have random people in Tennessee, like, calling me, like, Dennis, I see naked pictures, not naked, just shirtless pictures of you. <laughs> What is this about? What are you yeah. selling? People body? that know you? Yeah. They're still on there on Craigslist? They, never... They're just looking on Craigslist and I get random texts like, dude, I just found a random picture of you shirtless on Craigslist. That's What's funny. going on? Yeah. I was like, dude, I'm just trying to make some money right now. Dude, yeah. Creative marketing. Yeah. At 101. Age, 101. Just like put stuff out on Craigslist. Um, but that was my first gig, I guess, out of college. Well, I mean, I had internships. I worked for a, um, a Chinese company actually before I left to France in Atlanta. Uh, Sandy America, if you look it up, it's the funniest thing. It's like a crane company that competes against the biggest crane companies. I can't even remember the names of them. You know what I'm talking about. The... Like Caterpillar? I don't Perfect. even know. Perfect. Caterpillar. Okay. Okay. Like, that's the number one. Yeah. So what they did, these these Chinese companies, and I don't know if this is 
Well, if you ever hear me, Sandy, I'm not bad talking, but what they did is they would grab American machines, take them to China, and literally replicate them. Yeah. Like cheaper, like sure. metal and all that Yeah, because they can do everything They cheaper, can do right? that. Yeah. yeah, yeah. And so that's all they did. But it was funny. One year, they had a partnership with Porsche, uh-huh. which is the weirdest thing where they made Because the, Porsche is like German. Yeah. Right? yeah. And they made the, the, the crane operating a Porsche seat, a Porsche hand. I was like... Inside what? these cranes. Dope. Who does that? That's lit. Yeah. yeah. And so I got to work with them as a sales development person for South America. So was, you were always kind of doing sales, right? Yeah. I guess I was always doing it. I mean, yeah. no, I even forgot to say the number one thing who always asked me, you were that kid that sold knives. I did cup cuts. Oh, my God. Yes, sir. Oh, my God. Was that in college or when was that? High okay. Because I know people were doing that in college and I, I wasn't really like around then. Uh, it's like all fat tummy tea or a fit tummy tea. Yeah. But I read things on like Reddit and such about people who were selling them knives for like a couple grand and yeah, they're like, and, and tricking, around. and tricking people to come to these fucking, yeah. uh, meetings yeah. or like these recruitment events, parties or whatnot. That's funny. Yeah. Okay. It's, did you make good money doing I that did, though? Dude. For high school? Shit. For high school. Yeah. So you were paid 1750 for just scheduling a meeting. Yeah. You just needed a meeting at 1750 an hour, right? So freaking good. But so what happens is they ask for an investment at the beginning though. You have to buy the, the first thing. It was like, yeah. It was like 300 bucks, right? 300 uh-huh. bucks. They said, you'll make it in a week. Yeah. Easy. Which you did. You did make it in a week. But here's how hardcore it was. And that's where I learned, I think, real sales. But I don't know. <laughs> you call it whatever you want. But I was that kid that on the weekends, everybody's going out. Or even like after school, I'd be like, Grabbing yearbooks, like you know how you, every school has like a. Phone Would you phone? write your phone number in there or something? No, or, no, no, oh wait, no. oh you use as a lead list. The leads list of every high school, you know how they have like the directory. Directory. Yes, yes. Oh, they did have a phone book in high school. Yeah, in school. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I thought of that and I was like, oh, I go to a private school. Sweet. So yeah. yeah. People got people got money. Yeah, people got money. And so I literally went down that thing, call of the parents, and they knew me because I played soccer for right. their their school. They'll at least give you the time of day. Yeah, but this was the trick. Always go when the husband's at work. Catch the mom by herself at home. Dude, it worked. That is, I'm kind of, that's just fucking funny. I feel like that's actually like the opposite. Uh, Because I've heard of companies that go door to door and then they're like, they won't do it unless the man is home. Because that's like the quote unquote decision maker in most families. And, or you just need them together. Um, but, so you would, you would, you would, you would get, idea. you would, you would prey on these women, home alone, preparing dinner for their husband who's working no, away. So guess what? For them to prepare dinner for their husband or prepare that time, oh, I'd give them my knives. Let's make dinner for your husband together. So they'd use them. How awesome I, was that? That's, that's funny. It's a little slimy. It's a little <laughs> interesting. You just, if I come in and I see you, the fucking 16 year old high schooler yeah. with a little smirk on his face, like... <laughs> Hey, Chuck. No, I'd leave before he gets home. Oh, okay, okay, yeah, okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I wouldn't be there the whole time. I was like, when this guy comes home, no, no, and he's no, like, no. fucking Dennis? No, no, no. <laughs> no, it was really funny because it, it started happening. The whole high school was talking about it, and he's like, oh, I heard you hung out with my mom. And I was like, yeah, she bought a couple knives. Like, yeah. That's what it, the way it you, did, you built a brand for yourself, exactly. like, really early in life. <laughs> yeah, so what, what you did is you did, like, the, it was a $10,000 package if you wanted all the knives, right? Yeah, the no ten, one needs all the knives. No one needs it. I sold to one person in one neighborhood once and she was an older lady like retired you took advantage of her probably but (laughs) but eventually what you do is you go through this like oh ten no i know it's too much let's go down to five thousand four thousand three thousand right you go all the way down to one knife dude just so they don't feel bad right it's a 75 dollar knife like right if you start with that they're like what get out here yeah 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 
So yeah. it was pretty easy because somebody always bought at least something. Yeah. Right? So, but here's what happened. On Fridays, every Friday you had to come in after school or whatever. You'd come into the office and it was in, um, oh, it starts with an M in St. Louis. Um, it's by Earth City. Uh, Mary, uh, Maryville? Maryville? Is There's a university. There's Maryville yeah, University. Maryville and I think it's in a town. Yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. I'm trying to, Mon- it's like the tech center almost. It's like a, Monsanto? Like, no. Because that's I a company. I, I don't know. Yeah, uh, Mer- Marymount? Marymount? No, I don't exactly. know. But whatever. So you'd show up to the office. It's called Vector Marketing. It's okay. what owns Cutco. Show up there. This guy, I can't even remember what boss's name. I think it was like Mark or Greg or whatever. So we all are sales reps. Like these kids or older college kids. We'd go in there and he'd be like, all right, guys. $100 right here, holds it up, and he's like, I want you to make 100 calls right now, I don't care, and whoever sets the first 10 meetings gets $100, so we'd all be pounding on that yeah. Friday, and then at the end of it, he's like, great, give me all your meetings, you pass them to him, yeah. and then after that, he's like, call a list and have these people come in this room, like, if you if I called your name, you walk in this other room, and then you get in that room, and he's like, all right, guys, you made it, all those people out there are fired now. Yeah, every that was the interview fr- process. No, that was every Friday after all. Your oh work. shit! Every Friday. Oh my. Because every Friday. So he would take. He would take the work. That's shady as fuck. No. He would but... take the meetings and then just go back. Yeah. That's insane. Yeah, that's wild. Yeah. So um, every Friday, you would be cut. You had to have this many meetings. You had to make this many sales. Yeah. So I did it for like two summers, and then I was going. You know, I was going to college. You know, that's my year. And this guy reached out to me. He's like, "Dude, you you got to open your." store you gotta do what he does yeah i was like no nah, man i'm going to school like i got a college scholarship right. he's like dude you can make so because that's what they want you to do they want yeah. you to be like a manager or whatever yeah. move up the pyramid yeah. okay yeah. yeah and uh you know i said no but what i did do is i got really good whenever i traveled to soccer games i always took the directories of all these schools yeah and i sold sold them all the directories at the end oh for leads again leads. that's pretty clutch yeah. nice so I got good at that, right? Yeah. Cold calling at an early age at high school. That's that's funny because that's so early, but like uh, most people, if you tell them, that's what they like fear in life, like a yeah. sales job yeah. like that. Like the sales we do now is pretty cushy. Yeah. Um, my first sales job was on Verizon, Fios, in fucking Walmart. And it was cold approaching people, like by the, t- the TV yeah, area. Yeah, yeah. Like 100 people a day was the goal. And I'd just be like, hey, quick, quick question. Nice TV there. Like, can I just talk to you a little bit about what cable package you're using? You want to get all the football games, right? Just something like that. That was my first job out of college. Um, it was a fucking nightmare. They, I think they paid you $300 a week or something, which isn't like terrible, but that was a draw. Yeah. What they didn't tell you is that's a draw. Uh, so if you didn't actually sell more than that, then like they took that out of your next week's yeah. commission. Um, some people were doing well, like, but it, I mean, they wanted you to move up and, and open up an office too. But I think that training there, people were like, how do you feel about making cold calls? Dog, I fucking approached 100 people in a fucking Walmart, yeah. a place I don't even like stepping foot in right now. Um, and like, I, I, I just, dude, I got rejected by people who made less than me. I got rejected by people who didn't have fucking shoes on. Yeah. Like, and yeah, yeah, yeah. so like once you do that, yeah. the phone is easy, yeah. right? And then also like they taught very aggressive closing techniques. So you just go through your presentation and you're like, so which package do you want to do? Which lined up more, yeah. the, the left or the right? Yeah. And like that shit makes it, I mean, it doesn't really work when you're talking about, like, enterprise solutions, but it does, like, make it easy to ask hard questions. Like, what, what's the budget look like? Okay, well, can you tell me more about that? Like, I don't know. I it's think more funny. than anything, it taught us to take rejection at such a young age. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I did that at, like, 22, yeah. so it wasn't that bad, but, yeah. like, yeah, first job out of sales, and I thought I was just going doing a year gap mm-hmm. until I went to med school, 
But then I fell in love with it. And, like, I fell in love with that type of shitty sales. Mm-hmm. I was like, no, this is for me. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it's just people always, like, have this bad name for sales, right? Yeah. It is. It's a hustle. No yeah. matter what, the way you learn it, it's tough. But you do have to have, like, I guess where we're at now, I guess uh, we did go through that grit, right? We're, I, we're, I think, yeah, it adds. Well, I don't really have, like, a tough upbringing. So I don't really have that type of grit. I think kind of manufactured it by taking shitty jobs because <laughs> I did that and then I did recruiting for a year at like a shitty recruiting firm yeah. and so like that shit all sucked right and I was like this stuff now I'm like it's better like I, as much as I take it for granted a little bit sometimes now I'm like yeah like I, I think it affects like today the way we invest probably right maybe like yeah how risky you are maybe. I'm extremely risky yeah. in my I mean I guess you are too right yeah. like you're like Tesla's my business let's let's shift let's talk yeah. about let's talk about like okay right now you're selling software solutions, enterprise solution sales, um, and you know you just bought this lovely new house here in in Denver. <clears throat> How was that all possible? What is your investment approach, and like, why yeah. do you, why do you think about money the way you do? Yeah. So um, when I moved to Denver, yeah, I was at that Scott Trade uh, company for a year. Yeah. Unfortunately, because of the economy, you know, I was working in South America. Who knew that you were going to get calls from South America for stocks, right? Yeah. And it was during probably one of the worst times. For yeah. South America? Yeah. Like, I mean, it was it was just uh, people that had money here yeah. from Mexico or South America. Okay. Um, it was like, there's suicide lines every day, man. Like, people were losing everything they ever had. Because of the market? The market was what, crashing. What, what year was this? It's 2012. People were still losing stuff. Really? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Okay. I mean, there's uh, there's some crazy... I mean, you would talk to some... I mean, talk, so this is one of the hardest jobs I actually had, probably, because the pressure was high. It was yeah. a boiler room. Sure. Um, pretty much, they timed your bathroom breaks. Your one-on-ones Jesus were like, Christ. why were you in the bathroom 15 minutes on this day? Yeah. Not even lying to you. Yeah. You would clock in and clock out your phone, because your phone never stopped ringing. Yeah. I did four by tens. So okay. think about just like... 10 hours straight of the phone yeah, yeah, yeah. not stop ringing. Yeah, those are exhausting days. Yeah, and so, and your one-on-ones are all about Did you like, make good money? Like, were you selling them stock advice or like what were you... So, when I got my Series 7, which was at the end of my career, unfortunately, um, you would make commissions, but not much, man. Like, yeah. I, I would, I mean, gosh, to the money, like, think that out of college, you're making around maybe 70 or 65K. Yeah. Sounds really nice, you right. know? It, yeah, it I think sounds, most people would take that. Yeah. Especially in this economy. Well, maybe not right now yeah. with the job market. Yeah, yeah, yeah. it's yeah. different. But back then, that was pretty good money, I thought. You know, yeah. it's great. But I was killing myself. I still remember my parents come in here for the first time for Christmas. And I barely saw them. Because you were working Saturdays still? Because I was doing 4 by 10s Damn. And so, I mean, it was intense, man. I, I won't lie. But one of the funniest conversations I think today is relative is one of these random guys on the phone. And I love sharing this story with everybody. Is he's out of Arizona. I think he was like literally coked out or at least high. But I, I saw his portfolio, and you know, I looked at it, and I was like, dude, you're doing really well. He's got a couple million there. I was like, yeah. He's like, yeah, man. I, what am I doing on right now? What, what's his position at? He's like, talking like that? Yeah, okay. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Jumpy. Very, yeah. yeah. Just, he's like, you know what you need to do? You need to buy land. And you know what you need to do? Collect rain. Because water is the next thing. And then that other guy said the same thing on uh, the guy that predicted the last fall. Uh, are you talking about uh, Pete, Peter? No, it's Thiel. What's his name? The guy that predicted. Yeah, the, uh, the, I know the guy that Christian Bale plays. And yeah, I can't Christian remember, Bale. Yeah, I cannot remember his yeah. name, but he yeah. said the same thing at the. He said, "Collect rain." 
Water. Oh yeah, he did get invested in. Yeah. Okay. I can't remember his fucking name, but yeah. But this is pre- this is like at the end of that. Whole the, thing. Yeah. And that yeah. I remember. I, well, I just rewatched it with yeah. my girlfriend the other day because so she'd never bad. seen it. So and the the thing is, he does talk about water, water. and then like uh, like other like some other type of like. Uh, environmental yeah. problem, I think. Yeah, because yeah, yeah. yeah. water's gonna be well. Dude, Nestle like Nestle like charges for water in like third party, Isn't that crazy? Co- or not third parties, right? Third party <coughs> countries. Or something. So Nestle was one of the first stocks that I bought because I was like, I know Nestle, right? Oh yeah. And then you they know did in Europe. They did yeah, they're everywhere. And then I also wanted some international stocks. Yeah. They did so well, and then like I started reading more about them, and I was like. I'm not really like an ethical guy. Like, I don't care about the ethics of a company. I just care about your fucking statements, right? But I was like, there's other places to put money. Like, I, don't, I don't want to support this shit. Yeah. Like, I don't know. They're yeah. trying to like commoditize water. Like, it's Well, that's crazy. already a commodity right now. Didn't yeah. that recently come out that you can actually... I thought I read that the other yeah, day yeah, too. Like that... clean water yeah. or something. But yeah. That's And then we're running out of water right now. That whole thing about the Colorado River. And... I didn't actually know that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's like weird. It's weird. I think that we'll probably see that here in the I, I don't know. The rainwater is going to be important. Collecting so this guy told you land and water. Did Have you, have you, so right now. I haven't invested yeah. in that at all. I know people that buy land. Yeah. Um, and then they collect rainwater in certain states. Is illegal. Did you know that? No. Because it will go to the ground otherwise and would be wasted. Dude, it's that illegal make... to collect water. It's insane. Yeah, that's weird. So why would it be, I don't know. I, I've yeah. never really looked into it other than I know certain states is illegal to collect water. And there's also like some states that like you can collect it, but you can have Okay. Which is still messed up. Yeah, I guess they would consider it like hoarding of a resource. Low key, maybe. I I don't know. That's a good one to maybe look up. But yeah, that was one of the craziest conversations I had. And I think today I'm like, all right, these these rich people know stuff that we don't. 100%. The game is slightly rigged. Yeah, the game is slightly rigged. And I think because of that, I was like, I'm going to freaking work hard and start saving. And I guess the process, you know, get as much experience as I can. And, but I didn't learn probably most of the financial things. I, even though I was a stockbroker, I, I knew about all the tools like a 401k. Yeah. You're selling that to people, but yourself, you were just like, well, I get it. I spend it. Or... Yeah. Well, I always was pretty um, frugal just okay. the way I grew up. Dude, right? that is definitely an immigrant thing, yeah. I think. Because like my mom saves a lot too. And I got my saving advice yeah. from her. <clears throat> but yeah. I guess one of the biggest things, because after I left uh, Scottry, I joined a startup service source. Yeah, I know a lot of people yeah they're not really a startup anymore. No. Uh, they're decently. Yeah, was, but I know a lot of people worked at Autodesk from there. Yeah, and I still remember, you know, it was a sales job, and uh, I still remember, like, they paid us in the alcohol already. Nobody realized this. Yeah. Didn't, nobody clicked on their head as, like, we're not making much. I, I'll be honest. Like, I, I literally was barely making it. I think they gave me 20, 30 grand, bro, and then the rest yeah. was commission. Luckily, okay. I was, so 30 was your like, base. Base. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, it was pretty bad, and so... And I remember there's so many parties, you know, like... Yeah, little, they like, just keep... You, they want young people who are, like, naive, and it's like, because you work with your friends, yep. that's how you retain employees. Like, oh this is your gosh. family. Yeah, and yeah. you have a little breakfast cart for a tiki bar in the mornings, like... To drink in the morning? To drink in the mornings, dude. How insane is that? That's funny. Yeah. Because that one was where you guys worked as, like, Microsoft outsourced support. We were all right? renewable. Because I think I've actually interv- I've interviewed yes. with them, actually. Yeah, we've yeah. all... Uh, like, pretty much, like, customer success. And you're selling... Outsourced support, support. and sales, yeah, too, renewals, I think. Renewals, yeah. yeah, people that would help their customers get renewed and yeah. resell their software, or upsell their software, That's right? Funny. I did uh, Juniper software, I did Progress software, both those companies in there. Um, but it's funny because every week you would hear these kids, we're all kids, right. can't wait for my check, I can finally like buy some groceries and 
pay my rent. I'm like, are yeah. you guys serious? You guys are living check to check? Yeah. <laughs> you guys fucking serious? Like, it was, it, uh-huh. it hit me. I was like, how yeah. is that possible? Because you're not making that much though. No, 30K you, and then the commission. Like your on commission, you yeah. were making oh, it was 80, good commission. 70. Yeah, okay, yeah, yeah. Cool, I, cool. I was hitting around 70 something right yeah. when I did. Which is livable in Denver back then, even back more then, livable. Back then, even more. Yeah. And so, um, but I could not, that's where it hit me. I was like, dude, these guys literally go on the weekends yeah. and blow their whole check. Sure. I still see it. It's dude, still the, what's funny is whether you're like 24 yeah. making 70K or whether you're 44 making 500K, yeah. some people never change that mindset. No. Um, yeah. Which is sad. Yeah. Which is kind of why I got into this fucking podcasting yeah. thing because I was like, people are so fucking dumb with money. People are, people are dumb about a lot of things, right? But I don't believe that I'm the best driver out yeah. there. I don't believe that, I, I don't think I'm the best money guy either, either. But I know I have some good ideas and I hear a lot of people being like, oh, I wish I could have thought like that when I was 26. I was like, well, what were you thinking when you were 26? Like, I just don't understand the alternative because even if I'm spending my money, I'm still stashing 10% away in the 401k at the least, right? Yeah. Like, when I made fucking 40k in my first job out of college, 40, like 10% of that at least went to my fucking 401k. I didn't even know what the shit was for. So, yeah, I did the, you know, always match, did that always. Yeah. And that's, that's what I would say today. Like, 401k is great and all. Yeah. But with inflation, you got to think of this. There's a 3% inflation, so minus that... Dude, it's market, 5% this year, too. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So think of the market, maybe always the S&P, everything's like 5 to 8%, right? Yeah. Like, that's your return. So minus the 5% or 3% right. of ever inflation, it's not that much of a return. In a right. Okay, there's a lot of other things you can invest in that are higher. So yeah. that didn't... I mean, I always maxed out, like, as in, I maxed out, like, the whatever my company matched, right? Yeah, like, that's, 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 that's what I do, too. Because the 401k is an okay... We were, I mean, we were talking about that, like... The four hundred one k. What were you saying about the four hundred one k? That it was not. It was it was created for pensions back in the day. To like, go to support a pension to, to go along to, with. Yeah, them. it was never created for actually to live off. Like yeah. people don't realize that. Like the idea that you put this money and the compounding interest. It's not, if you only use a four hundred one k today, you will not be able to retire. It's not possible. I, I agree inflation 100%. growing as yeah. much as it is. Um, and all these things your million happen. dollars isn't gonna be worth shit when you're exactly, 60 years old 100%. like it's just not it's no. not anything these days yeah. a million dollars used to be like the the moniker yeah. of wealth no. 10 years ago yeah. like if you had a million I want to be a millionaire yeah. now we're all gonna be millionaires low key but yeah. it's not gonna mean anything it, it just keeps changing the whole like uh, middle class will probably be millionaires yeah it just keeps changing I mean, right it's the, I mean, they're saying Musk, your boy, might be a trillionaire, the first 100%. trillionaire, and that's because a fucking trillion is like the new billionaire, and it it's is. like, it yeah. is. Like, I mean, it's just crazy. Like, money's just changing, and crypto might even change everything, too. I mean, yeah. we have no idea, like, the dollar's worth nothing, man. It's yeah. not backed by anything today. Like, yeah. But we still... Well, we're, we're in so much debt that, yeah. like, it, yeah, it doesn't really mean anything, because it's just like, here's yeah. more. So, fun, fun coupons. And then, think of companies, are <laughs> not profitable, but their stocks are going to change. Right. So yeah. the world's changing. I think that's what's important to think today. And so when I like, so going back to like the foreign K and being frugal, you know, growing up pretty poor. So, you know, like I can still think about times when I was a kid and I was like, I wanted something, my parents couldn't afford it. Yeah. And I do like a side gig, like in construction or something to buy my own like birthday presents. Like as yeah. weird as that sounds, I love my parents it. and stuff. They didn't, it's not that they, they didn't want to. They just couldn't. So right. I had to do it myself. Yeah. So I kind of grew up with that kind of mentality. And so when I joined Service Source, I was like, all right, what can I do to save money? I don't want to drive to downtown. Yeah. So I decided to get an apartment literally down the street so I can walk. Yeah. But that was over my budget. That was the one that was in 16th Street or whatever? Yeah, okay, okay. yeah, yeah. So I, I lived there and uh, my wife could tell you, like, 
and I lived there, could barely afford groceries. We would do, um, what was it? It was like ramen one day, cereal some days. For dinner? For dinner, yeah. That's crazy. Yeah, yeah. Or buy some kind of meat that was on sale. Yeah. Is it because all your money was going to rent? Rent. Okay. Just because my idea at that time, my investment was like, I'm going to meet somebody rich in this building or somebody in these streets because I'm in town to get the next best job. My buddy Bobby thinks like that. He's like, I want to be close to wealth. He's like, how do we level up our circle? Yeah. Yeah. And that was my mentality. And I was like, this is how I'm going to do it because I'm going to spend time with people that have money, right? Yeah. You know... Unfortunately, it wasn't like that. It wasn't right. like I actually... I met a lot... Actually, I don't no. think rich people walk around sharing their secrets. Yeah. You really have to like work your I, way in. I will say I got one connection. And if he watches this, um, he was my landlord. And uh, he bought a bunch of properties and like rented them. And so eventually he's like, asked me if I would help him like show his properties, which I still do today. Okay. It's crazy. And I get like first month's rent, which is great. Dope. Which is good money, you know. Yeah. And he has a couple properties. So I do this like three or four times a year. Okay. Good income. Yeah, it was one connection I made, you know. I mean, one month rent is like 1800 bucks right now. Most of the time. Yeah, yeah and, and if you just do that three or four times a year, that's ten grand. Exactly. That Again, that most people don't have. Exactly. Right? You don't have this extra ten grand because yeah. you're not doing something on your Saturdays. So, I guess it paid in that standpoint. Good connection to have. But eventually, you know, we I ended up at, because I actually told Autodesk where we, were, we met um, the first time, no, because it was in BTC. I remember the oh, first Oh, yeah, that's a, that was the old uh, office. Uh, yeah, so I told them the first time no, and then they reached out again, and I was like, all right, I, got, I need to do something new, you know? Yeah. And I was like, fine, I'm going to do DTC. I'm still going to live where I'm going to live because I want to meet a connection. Right. But didn't have a car or anything, yeah. so I took bike and train Okay. for two years straight, Yeah. like going in Autodesk, which was a great deci- decision today. I mean, the reason I have this house, and this is something I would encourage people, is like when you go to these tech companies, uh, these stock programs are probably the best thing you could ever choose. Absolutely. If there's no more free money. Whether you're a tech company or whether you're any company. Yeah, any company that provides Because like, these are like employee stock purchase program, yeah. ESPP. Yeah. You're, most companies let you buy your stock at like a 15% discount. Yeah, that's exactly That 15% discount could be an entire year of your 401k returns if you're lucky. Yeah. You don't get 15% return in like three months or no, four months. No. You just put a little bit of your yeah. money away and you get the stock. Don't, don't put money in the bank. Yeah. Don't save the 15% no matter what. Max out that. Get max the 401k match and then go to the ESPP exactly. and do that so as much as you can. So that's what I did. I maxed out my 401k as in like, you know, what was the match? Yeah. 6%, I think. And then we did the ESP at 15%. I don't know if stock was probably 20 bucks back there or something. $3. Yeah. And now for anybody listening, it's 310 or something. I was looking today. So, yeah. and I still remember. That's over four, still... four years. That's 10x growth. <laughs> Get, yeah. get, get in a tech company yeah. and buy the stock. So I still remember uh, when I joined the company, somebody said, Dennis is the best option you're going to do. It's going to pay for your wedding, maybe your house. Yeah. It's funny because Colleen always says it pay for That's your wedding. That's who said it. Oh, no way. Okay. Colleen <laughs> said it seven years ago. Okay. That's seven awesome. Seven years ago. She, she still tells that story every onboarding class. I'm like, well, I just remember hearing, like, cause that was the first public company I yeah. went for. I was like, dope. Cool. She was right. Yeah. She was 100%. But I also right. knew that 15% disc. Discount yeah, is nobody like, gives you that. You, know, you get a 15% discount, and then anything, it grows, too. Exactly. So, like, so don't forget the growth. Yeah. Don't when I was there, I bought in at 125 <laughs> which is the discounted rate, and now it's at 310 Yeah. And I sold a lot of my shares when I left, but I still keep, like, 10, 20 shares around. Yeah, yeah, so, yeah. yeah. I think I'm going to sell that and actually put it into crypto. I think I'm going to do That's that. Like, move. Yeah. But, well, I'm going to sell that, and then now that Bitcoin is, like, at 58 I'm going to wait for it to drop back down to, like, 52 and yeah, then yeah. buy more. Yeah, I, I think that's a good move. I think crypto, that's another thing I probably uh, have started. I... There's a guy at Autodesk I met, and I know you're going to watch this, and you know who I'm talking to. 
but he recommended we all buy it. And we're talking about when Ethereum was 200 bucks, Bitcoin was a thousand. When so this is yeah, because 2017 was dude. I remember people being like, it went up to 20, and we were like, what's what's going on with it? And then it went back down to two. Yeah. Or like one. It, it was the funniest like thing because he started. It, it literally moved the whole office. Like there's a section of everybody getting excited because it was Ripple blew up. Okay. Like, I don't know if you remember this. We yeah. All invested in Ripple. We all made like five k in a day or something, and we were all getting excited. Yeah, it was up quite much up. Yeah, yeah. It's like we all got excited, <laughs> and we're all like working and technically buying crypto. I mean, we were we working. Yeah. And um, it was funny. He always told us, and I mean, today he's like a multi-millionaire. Like he yeah. he started so early. But he told us, and I still remember, he's like, dude, just do it, do it right now. But I, at that time, I was like, I'm maxing out my uh, stock program, I'm maxing out my 401k, and um, at that point, I think I was already, like, thinking about saving for also my wedding, I think. Okay. And so, I was like, all right. So you had the short-term goal of a wedding, yeah. were you thinking about a house at I was. that point, too? Actually so those, those were all, like, three to five-year goals, Yeah, or whatever. which I was like, how am I going to make this happen? So... Luckily, I had done so well on Autodesk, yeah. I literally pulled a good amount of Autodesk to buy this house and yeah. pay for the wedding. So that was easy. But they also, uh, I mean, Autodesk eventually started doing retention stock to keep us. Yeah, yeah. Um, and so I got that as well. So it was great. I mean, yeah. the thing is at a company, guys, like when you negotiate today, especially. You got to get equity. You got to get equity. There is no reason you shouldn't get equity. The, your skills, especially with the lack of labor today, yeah. negotiate not a set. Just don't just negotiate salary, guys. Yeah. Negotiate equity. I think that's another really important thing. I think people. I, th- I think people don't think about it because it's not the well. They're not told about that growing up. So like, yeah, you can get if you're working at a publicly traded company. Yeah. When you join that company, is the best time to get stock from it because they want you to join, right? Yeah. And then the next best time is like if you get a promotion or a raise. Maybe try to get that raise in like stock or something, and, as and, well as cash. And to get approved like a salary change is harder than getting equity because equity still stays in the company. Yeah, they it's just a, give they just give that shit away yeah, sometimes. Yeah, they give that. Sh- that yeah, it's so and it will invest over like two three years. Exactly. So you're giving them like a commitment of like to get this stock. Yeah. I need to stay with you for two or three so years. Don't miss out on that. That's an easy one. Um, but yeah, so eventually, you know, uh, the market here was crazy. I will say that. The real estate market. Yeah, yeah. I saw sixty-seven houses. I am very picky. 67 houses over how long? Almost a year and a half. Okay. Yeah. And we lost a couple deals. I mean, we, we offered 100 grand over asking and still lost. I think it was you that was telling me that. Yeah. Like, but that's, that's, I mean, a lot of my listeners are in Denver and are in Colorado, yeah. so you kind of know. Yeah. California, you know. Florida, uh, I mean, I did my house flip in Florida. I bought a house for 185 and it was a four-bedroom, two-bathroom in St. Pete, right? And then we flipped, it, we flipped it for exactly three, 360 Um yeah. And so... Now, like we, that was a year, 360. Yeah. Uh, but now, I think I saw houses are getting up to like 500, 600. Yeah, yeah. And that's two years later from 2019. Yeah. So I think everywhere is blowing up right now, the housing market. It's, yeah. it's, it's a trend. And, and one of the things, like I got buddies that do real estate investing only. Uh-huh. And I get it. Like that's a tangible asset. It's right. a lot less riskier. You feel like you actually own something. Right. And it can have like, Rental income. Yeah. I think Airbnb is the way. And you have more control over it, right? Than yeah. like a stock where yeah. we're like, the, the game is rigged, right? Yeah. Like our, our elected officials know things and they're, yeah. I think it only just became illegal for them to like buy stock based on that. Before they could, right? Yeah. But you work at a publicly traded company and you can't act on that. Yeah. So, but yeah. I, so Airbnb, I like, like I have a buddy, Randy, who has, buys Airbnb, but he does it like arbitrage by not even buying the house. He just rents it. 
And I thought it was, that's what you told me oh, you were doing yeah. when you were in that a 16th Street apartment. No, You're no, like, no, I rented out. To, so that was my first apartment. Then I moved down the street to uh, 17th and Lammer, the Windsor. Okay. Um, and that's where I did the arbitrage. Yeah, so people don't realize this, that this is another trick with Airbnb. Yeah. Uh, you don't have to own the place. You don't have to. You can actually talk to your landlord and negotiate with him and be like, you're asking me to pay you 2200 a month or whatever yeah. it was at that. I think it was like 1800 a month at that time. I'm going to give you an extra 500 a month. Really? Can you sign this paper? It's a legal document that Denver does here. And I did I did Airbnb before it was even legal. Okay, I was going to say, I didn't yeah, know. Because now, now there's regulations. Yeah, there's regulations. Yeah. So, I can te- so, so before, dude, I didn't do it. I just didn't tell the landlord. Right, like, I'm right. going to be completely honest with you guys. I got kicked out three times <laughs> in the same you building. You got to be willing to risk it to get the biscuit. Oh, dude, I moved in that <laughs> building to three units because... But was it a commercial owner or was it just like a dude? Just, it was an older lady. I'm sorry, guys. Okay. But the lady, she's she's a psychologist. She it's she, not illegal to say call someone older. Oh okay. Yeah. Yeah. I don't even think that's politically incorrect <laughs> if someone is older. Yeah. So the first time I did that for you know so this is what happened. I literally got a unit, really nice unit, facing Coorsfield. I had a beautiful view. I couldn't afford the place unless I wanted to live literally on beans and a potato. But I was like in my head, I was like, hold on. I've been hearing about this Airbnb. I did a little research. I was like, I'll probably rent the second room in here good amount of money so I was like alright I'm gonna do that so literally sign a lease which I knew like I gave my down payment the first and last payment yeah and literally probably had I don't know maybe a hundred bucks left in the bank okay right? and I was like crap yeah and so I was like alright we're gonna do this and I still remember taking the pictures setting it up and uh, I put you're gonna be sharing with me so the Airbnb I did was sharing which isn't even that crazy these no, days because like no. the people do rent out individual rooms yeah, I've, yeah. I've stayed in an Airbnb that has an individual room so, in LA so I did this technically before Airbnb is a thing it's called couch surfing for people that know it's like a European thing oh yeah 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 okay. you heard of that? I've heard of it yes. yeah. yeah so I did you that just, you just go on the internet and yeah. you find other people who are willing to loan you their couch or for a spare room can you hang out with me? can you have dinner with me? Yeah. I think for guys it's okay I did meet some random people some weird people but I did see a lot of stuff on there it was like for girls, it's kind of, you know, weird. Yeah, like, yeah. Go on well, if you're a girl, maybe you only try to stay with girls. Or yeah. if you're a girl, renter. Exactly. Yeah, yeah. But it was free. You didn't have to pay. It was like a oh, Craigslist. I, I didn't know that you didn't pay. Yeah. I thought you paid. No. Okay. It's like, That's crazy. It's weird, yeah. right? It's like completely different. But these Airbnbers, smart. Like, they literally grab couch surfing and Americanized it. Which yeah. Which is what? You commercialize that shit. Like, right. You make money off and it. And as much as you want to loan out, the more you, you charge. Yeah. Yeah. So... Yeah, so I, I mean, I had done couch surfing. I was like, this will be easy. I'm just going to meet random people. I love meeting people. Right. So I was like, this will be great. I actually feel like being extroverted, like you, like myself, like that, if I think about like, the most important things in the world to me, it probably be like fitness, money, and then like my social scene or just be, being around yeah. people. Like that's why I don't necessarily love working from home. Yeah. Right? Or like, yeah. but what I do is I just force myself out in different ways. Yeah, yeah. So like, that allows you to put yourself in situations that introverts might find uncomfortable and have a random person staying with you. Or go up to, or, or live in an apartment just to meet wealthy people to see how they get wealthy, right? Yeah. A lot of the tricks that yeah. I've learned, and, and you too probably, are just by talking to people. And so you learn tricks, you learn yeah. opportunities, and I feel like being willing to put yourself out there goes a long way. Uh, there's a dollar sign to, to being extroverted. Um, I would say, yeah, I, I would say there... There's pros and cons. No, nothing yeah. against that. Introverts, I think they also have a lot of 
good yeah. that they do probably better than I do. Like, well, if I was an introvert, I'd save money on alcohol and going out and probably, doing shit. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I think the other thing is like I probably wouldn't say things that get me in trouble as much. You know? yeah, 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 that's fair. That's that's another one. But uh, going back to the Airbnb <laughs> thing though, so I started, man. I, I did it for I think a couple months, and I was like, holy crap! I, I became a super host. So I started raising my rates, and I was like, all right. And so I can tell you, man, every year forty eight grand extra on my pocket. Yeah. By just renting out my place. That's dope, right there. Yeah. Pay for the rent. Right. That's again. That, that is forty eight grand is better than most people's the average salary in the United States. Yeah. And <laughs> it's not through an employer. It's through a little bit of uncomfortability of maybe yeah. having someone stay yeah. with you. But like that's why like the side hustle game. If you don't want people to come into your house, fine. But like I do Turo, I rent my car out because. Fuck my car. Right? It's a fucking liability. Especially, yeah, there. I work remote. I live downtown. I, I literally only use my car to go to the gym. Yeah, yeah, and my apartment yeah. complex has a gym if I really need to use it. Yeah, exactly. So, like, yeah, yeah, like, just find whatever you're comfortable being uncomfortable with, Yeah. I guess, is maybe the way to put it. And, and those years of living for free, I will say, also helped me save even more yeah. into investment. So, at that time, I got into Robinhood. Okay. And so, that's where I started, like, I met some random people that worked for NVIDIA. I'm talking about before NVIDIA was a car chip. Car chip manufacturer. I didn't know they were ever a car chip manufacturer. That's who Tesla uses. They use the video right now? Yes. Oh, okay. That's who you... Anybody that's doing... I don't really think of just like video games, so, computers. So like, anybody that does the automated driving right now, like yeah. Audi, Chevrolet, that's NVIDIA chips right now. Okay. okay. People don't realize that, cool. but I met this In, guy. And that's, NVIDIA's a, been like my best investment over the last yeah, year. Exactly. Yeah, exactly. Me too, because this random guy on my Airbnb, he's like, Dennis, I'm going to tell you something. We're, we're working with a lot of car manufacturers. Like, what do you mean? He's like, we're going to be in every car. I was like, Okay, should I invest? He's like, I think you should. Yeah. Like some random engineer, stay with me. Nice. Like little things. Yeah, like that. exactly. Uh, oh, I have a really funny. This is when crypto was kind of crazy. We okay. had this guy come in, and he. So some people didn't know it was shared. For some reason, they booked my place. Yeah. And they didn't read it's shared. Well, yeah. yeah. People, people will be people. Yeah, and so most. I mean, I had some crazy experiences like you know somebody doing their honeymoon with us you know <laughs> I'm not even oh my god when i walked in for a hun- well okay because i was gonna ask what your wife thought about like having all these people stay with you she, she was only there for like the end part okay, okay. the beginning was only me and then she got to experience the end part but yeah so we we had i mean one of the funniest ones were is where we we had got these people checked in we were at an abs game i think and uh we came back at pretty late yeah oh and, my god were they uh, shocked they were on the couch. She was in her lingerie. He was like, <laughs> they, we just walked in and we're like, hey, how are you guys doing? You guys enjoy yourselves? We're going in our room. They look so shocked. Oh my God. Like, I, yeah, mortified. <laughs> Honeymoon ruined. Did they give you a five star review, maybe? Four star review. They knew what star. they got. They, I explained to them after, like, oh, we're so sorry. I'm Dennis. I'm your host. Read. I'm going to be joining you guys. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to be joining you guys on your honeymoon. Congrats. So funny. You got your bottle of champagne. Dude, we, we experienced some. Going back to the crypto guy, so this random guy shows up, dude, looks homeless, like, homeless. Okay. Comes in, super weird, he's super like, am I, what, are you here? And he's like, freak, he's scared of us. Yeah. He goes in his Airbnb room, comes out, and he's like, my buddy booked this room because I'm not supposed to be known that I'm here. I'm like, what are you talking about? Like, you have your phone in your hand. No, no, my burner phone. I'm like, what? Goes in the room to grab his burner phone. I'm telling you, this creepiest thing. Yeah. And this guy's like, Dude, people are looking for me. And I was like, what do you do? He's like, he actually writes the algorithms for the blockchain. Okay. So he was like one of the first blockchain developers or whatever that's like super sought after now? Well, yeah, I guess he kind of shared some stuff. And I wish I I had it somewhere written. It's in 
But he shared that uh, we're going to be going into this. Well, he first of all, he shared, you want to know about a secret career that didn't exist that, that exists today. And I think it's still kind of secret. It's called a, a pen, uh, pen tester. Have you heard of that? Yeah, I used to sell pen t- penetration testing. Okay. Yeah, that's, so like when I sold like Autodesk, or yeah. not sorry, audits, uh, cybersecurity audits, penetration testing went along with that. Yeah, like so PCI DSS this was, show. I mean, probably seven years. Yeah. No. They're like called ethical hackers too. Um, yeah. Yeah. And that was not a nobody knew that you could self teach yourself this. Okay. They make really good money. Dude, really good. Yeah. Like at a college, you're talking about like fifty, sixty k being okay. Like that's like no. no, they make more than that. More They're like eighty that. to a hundred. Yeah, 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 coming straight out of school. And so he, with with limited, it's just like an IT background. Exactly. And then like you can get crafty at like playing around with shit and fucking shit up. Yeah. So he like shared these websites, like these hacker websites that were about like teaching yourself how to pen test. And then he's like, uh, telling us about crypto and stuff. He's like, you have no idea. This will, this is already getting regulated. The government's not even telling you like, yeah. what's going on. And then he shows us this weird website, dude. And I'm not even lying. It's like, it's a website about subscription clothing. He's like, there's going to be a time guys when we're all going to be wearing just a number and it's going to be, you are only essentials. You need a black shirt, black pants, black shoes. And it was a weird website. And it was super creepy, dude. Yeah. Sounds like my fucking nightmare there. (laughs) Sounds like fucking, uh, what what is that, uh, Handsmaid's Tale or some shit like that, where it's just like, that's a trippy movie. Uh, Basically, the world goes infertile. Yeah, so Uh, that's what he was saying. He's like, dude, when this blows up, it's going to be like a monetary down spiral where people are going to be like either broke and they're going to be subscribing to this like healthcare thing that takes care of them, but they have to wear this number. And it's like the Black Mirror thing where everybody has a credit system. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That one, 100 Million Merits. That yeah. episode with fucking Daniel Kaluuya. Yeah, yeah. So I love he, that episode. He got into that, so and he started freaking out. Like, he was some weird... I would be, I would be very concerned if someone started telling me that. But, like, I also look at where we're at now with, like, vaccines, right? Like, why don't we just put on a little vaccination there over you our go. Wrist, right? Like, there you go. Just scan me so I can yeah, work. Yeah, yeah. So, I wouldn't say the guy was complete cuckoo. I think he was on the right point. Yeah. He might have known some stuff that probably... It, we shouldn't also, know. certain things could have changed, like yeah. little tiny laws, laws, yeah. changes, things like that. But like, so, yeah. I don't know. I think there's huge, huge upside on crypto. That's what I would say. The people I've met, the, the stuff that's happening today, I mean, just China making it illegal. Yeah. I mean, it's like, why, right? Why? Because they want full control over their citizens, and they can't control and, this fucking and if currency. You haven't, if you haven't looked at who owns most of the Bitcoin today, yeah, uh, it's like organizations, and then, US, and then the government in China. Really? Nobody knows this. Like, I didn't know that. No. Yeah, one of the top owners of most Bitcoin is China. That's kind of illegal. That's kind of concerning. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So that's a, that. That's why I think crypto is something that we invest in. So uh, the Airbnb thing, guys. I encourage you, like arbitrage with your landlords. Try to live for free. That's one of the best things. That's one of the most expensive things that yeah. you would. It, it on. is. It is people's most biggest expense. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Why like, not? Yeah. So and then Turo. Great right. option. So like my car, every single month since I started in July, I've paid off the payment with the profit from Turo. And so like, and that's only me doing it on weekends pretty much. Wow. Like through, cause like maybe every now and then people would like a Wednesday to Friday trip or, but like it's rare for the most part, people book it on the weekends and I don't really like need the car. I live downtown. Yeah. So like I can cancel it if I do need something, but yeah, it's been, it's been super convenient. I was looking at it the other day and I was just like smiling to myself. I was like, nice. Like. My payment's just been good, and it's really not an inconvenience to me. No. Um, and then now, like, a full remote job, it's like, I don't see it being, in, maybe in the in the winter, but, like, I'll just get 
people to drive me up. I'll fucking drive up with a Christian or some shit. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And be like, I'll buy breakfast or lunch or whatever. Dude, like, so that's why we own only one car. Yeah. There is no reason to have two cars. Especially if why don't you keep the second car and rent it out? No. Well, I thought of that. Yeah. So that's why, I don't know if you paid attention, all used car markets went up high. Oh, yeah, yeah. They're crazy high right now because of the same chip shortage. Exactly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But also, what people are doing is turtle like crazy. It's yeah. never been higher than ever. And I think the most... So I did do research. The market is a little watered down. Right now yeah, because yeah. of that. And the number one car to have on Turo, I did some research, is a Jeep Wrangler, which is crazy. Yeah. It's the most it's what, Well, you have a Jeep Cherokee, right? I used to. I just uh, got myself a little gift up there. What, what was it? What I got a Q7 right now. Fuck yeah. Okay, <laughs> nice. Yeah. That's... So that that's my one thing. I'm a car guy. Yeah. And I, decide, and I also have a hack for... That's another... So like buying, buying no, cars? No, I actually don't buy that? cars. I lease cars, which oh, is okay. super not no, I, a I, saving I, thing. I bought mine, but like I plan on having my Jeep Grand Cherokee for 10 years. Exactly. I'm going to drive that shit yeah. to the fucking ground. So this is another arbitration thing you guys should learn about leasing. And, and, I, and if you guys are really interested, I created an Excel sheet on how to win on leases. And pretty much what you do is people don't know this. And I'm about to share a big secret with you. She's about to open up the fucking game, the playbook, the Komodo. The Komodo. And my wife can tell you, I've been kicked out of dealerships. I've been kicked out of dealerships. (laughs) It is bad because they don't like this. They don't want you to know this. So, all right. So when you go buy a car, you know there's rules, you know, don't talk about price and all that stuff. But here's the thing. When you go buy a car, there's always negotiating power, right? You always negotiate. You always, like, you don't tell them how much you're able to afford. You don't tell them... You tell them you're what you're looking for, right? And you go test drive it, and they're going to be like, "What do you? What, how much can you afford?" You don't tell them anything yet, right? right? You just tell them, "I'm going to buy it in cash, no matter what." Just say you're going to buy that in cash. Okay. That's all you say. Awesome. And so then they get down to, all right, what what are you looking? What for? if someone needs to sell their car and like trade it in? You still saying never trade in cars. Do it like CarMax. Or no, whatever? what you do, you sell your own car. You put do you sell it to CarMax or whatever. No, no, no. Oh, they'll give saying... you undervalue every time. Okay. You sell. I mean, it depends on what you have as well. Did you like, sell your car on Craigslist? I sold my car on Craigslist. Okay. I did. I did. So that's the next part, the leasing. So, okay. so when you get to the dealership, always say you're going to pay in cash. So before you get to the dealership, understand what you want to pay monthly already on this Excel sheet. So what you're going to have to know is call the dealership early and ask for the bank rate fee. So you're going to ask, what is your uh, bank rate fee? What is your, and it's an interest rate, but it's not called interest rate. It's like a special uh, code. It's like a .0003 or two. And certain dealerships have deals on this. They're called, I can't even remember the name. Something great, okay? okay. And it's a special. What, is it, what does it equate to? So it's a financial fee. That they pay or that monthly, you pay? You pay monthly. Okay. On and they add it into your... Leasing uh, payment. Yeah. Okay. Or, yeah. But you need to know these things because once you have these things, you plug it into my Excel sheet. You know the bank rate or the bank fee and also the whatever, sometimes 800 or 500, whatever that, whenever you import a car or... Get yeah, yeah, there's an import cost or something. Yeah, yeah, yeah. whatever. Okay. Have those costs. Have all that. Import that. And then you put the MSRP price on this Excel sheet and then you put, what am I willing to pay for it, right? Yeah. And then it'll spit out. And you reduce those fees from whatever your monthly. Yeah, so you enter all this stuff in there, and it'll tell you the monthly payment, right? You have all the fees already. Okay. They can't raise that. So that's the monthly fee you want. That's what you want, right? So they get to the point. You're like, this is what I'm gonna pay for, and they're like, we can't do that. You keep negotiating, and so at the end of that time, when you negotiate, you get some kind of, you know, (coughs) um, monthly payment from them, right? Okay. Grab that quote, guys. Grab that quote. Go to the next dealership. 
Use that quote. This is what they're offering me. They're going to go lower. Yeah. Go to That's a relatively position. normal tactic of like playing dealers against each other. Exactly. Yeah. And so this is what happens. So you eventually get to a dealer. Yeah. That gets pretty close to your number, probably $100 over your monthly payment. But you're going to get your number. This is why. Because you're going to be like, all right, let's sit down and let's talk about what you're charging me for. You told me your bank rate fee is this, your import cost fee is your, your something rate, the financial rate. You told me all this, right? Yeah. Okay, so how are you getting to this number? I bring my computer in, guys. I show them on Excel. I literally make these salespeople look so stupid. I talk to their freaking account person. I'm like, these guys don't even know how to do math because I actually show them the formulas because in Excel, it shows you how I'm doing this. Uh-huh. And these kids are like, I mean, I don't want to make, I, I get it. They're hustling, right? They're salespeople. Right. They're not getting. I mean, I got fleeced when I went to the dealership just because I was like a 7.7 interest rate. Now, when you look at that interest rate, there was like two or three extra points on that just because that's the dealership. There's all these slimy tactics that they use. They it's use. only worth it that we empower ourselves exactly. as a consumer so to, take, to, to, to match that. Yeah, so I had everything they had said. Because we went, before I even showed them my computer, I was like, you're telling me this, right? This is the fee. They think I'm not doing this math. Yeah. They literally, th- and they input extra fees that they don't tell you about that makes no sense. So eventually you get to the point where like, all right. They sh- you show them and you sit with whatever accountant they have. At this there. point, you're probably talking to their manager or something. Yes, I'm at the <laughs> I'm in the office with the manager or the <laughs> GM with their CPA because they always have a financial director in there. And I'm sitting with him and he's looking at my Excel sheet and he's like, "You should work for me." I'm like, "I'm good, man." But I'm good, do, man. Do, do, do you just see my fucking car? Yeah, and I, and he's like, "That's it. That's right. You're right. Um, I don't know where these guys are coming with these numbers. Then you're completely right." And so that is that when they kick you out? When do they kick you out, Jordan? Uh, when you're asking to speak to the financial manager and they're like, No, fuck when you. the GM comes in and says fuck you and tells them to get out of there. Because at the end of the day, you're making their sales reps look bad and no, because they're not getting a deal. Okay, gotcha. They're they're lying to me. Um, and so eventually, there's a dealer that eventually like goes through this whole thing with me and yeah. says, All right, you're right, and they give me the amount of payment I want. Yeah. All right. So this is what I do. I always choose a car, well, except this one probably. I always choose a car that Google this shit. Like, what has the greatest residual value? Residual value is important when you lease a car. Because you want, the goal is, the goal is when you lease a car, when the two, the the sweet spot is three years, 36,000 miles. Yeah. That's the sweet spot for a lease. Yeah. Uh, You want by the second year and a half, almost three, not the three, you get to the third, don't get to the third year. It makes it harder. Two years and a half, you're going to own the car and the car should be worth more than you owe. Okay. That's when you know you made a good deal. And that's why it helps you because if you know your residual value, best ones are Toyotas, by the way. Yeah, Tacoma, Toyota's whole, whole Tacoma is number one. I mean, one. when I got, I just got my Jeep reappraised this year, uh, or maybe it was last year, fucking new, and it was worth, I mean, I bought it for like 42K, brand new, off the lot, uh, which is obviously probably overpaying, right? And then normally people will say it drops like 10 to 20%, and it was still worth like 20. Today, yeah, used but, cars are worth more. But this was, this was last year. I think it was like November last yeah. year. It was like $23,000. It was still worth. And um, I got rid of gap insurance because the gap insurance was saying it was like, it covered up to like 18000 So I didn't need it. It yeah. was worth more yeah. than like what I owe. Sorry, no, it was just worth more than I owed on the car. I only owed like $16,000 or something like that. So then like, yeah, I mean, I was pretty happy to see that, that it retained some value because yeah. Used Jeeps are always getting bought too. Yeah. But like Jeeps are yeah. very popular in Colorado. Yeah. Uh, Toyotas what are what are some other cars that Lexus. hold their value? Subarus too, maybe or no? Subarus, Lexus, Toyota, Porsche. People don't realize this. Really? Yeah, for a luxury car, Porsche is the best one really? to buy as a residual value. Because it is a reliable luxury car. Is it? It okay. is. Nobody knows like if you Are they German? 
Yes. Okay. I rode my Audi. Okay. Audi's okay. VW, all that. But <clears throat> Audi's okay. Yeah. So in Colorado, all-wheel drive. Any all-wheel drive car in Colorado has a higher... And, and Colorado could also be Washington. Yeah. It could also be, like, maybe uh, Port, Portland. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Any any outdoorsy state. Yeah, those those are cars. So that the goal is two and a half. So this is what happens. So once you get with the financial marketer, he agrees on the price, and you're like, all right, so you're gonna pay cash, right? Oh my god! Oh my god! No way, dude! This is where you get kicked out. No, I actually decided to lease. And guess what? They have to agree with the discounted MSR pre-price they gave you because that's the monthly payment. There is no difference. That's a lie. When you see those leasing deals, oh, this is what you'll get for three years for this many miles a fucking lie you have couldn't they just say like we choose the right to raise the price no they can't they have to honor that price whatever that you've just negotiated but you negotiate it based on terms you're you're just using instead of paying for it in cash yeah you're leasing it you're still paying for it yeah okay like interesting you're just you just negotiated a lease price yeah nobody realizes you can do that that is something that's secret today people think you have to pay what they tell you for a lease. No. No, I wouldn't have thought that. I would think you could lower that too. But like, I just wouldn't, I would think that if I say, I don't, I don't want to pay cash now, I would think that that's a stipulation. And that's also low key, like negotiating in bad faith. But like, I mean, again, they've added all these fees and shit. So like, who cares? I know people, I I guess I, I'm that kind of hard nose kind of like, I just can't imagine having this conversation because when I was, yeah, okay. Because, well, ironically, <laughs> dealerships try to drag the t- process out oh, and they work man. out with the consumer so that the consumer at the end of it is like, yeah. I just want to get it over. Yeah. Just sign and yeah. you stop reading shit. So, and so, like, you're just doing that to fucking Jen them. Jen took a new round. She's like, wants to go under the table. She feels so embarrassed. Yeah. And I'm like, oh, I'm getting this deal done. <laughs> no, baby, we got to move. And so I've done this three times now. Uh-huh. And, you know, I've got the dirty text. Get out of here. I'm not doing business with you. Or, you know... Go to a different dealership. But what does that really matter when there's a dime a dozen of dealerships exactly. in the town? Exactly. Yeah. So, and so what I do is then I own it for two and a half. Yeah. Always come up ahead. And so this is the way I do it. So this last Jeep I had, the Grand Cherokee, um, so I made four grand on it. So what did you do at the end of that two and a half? You buy it then? I buy it. From the dealership? From the dealership. Yeah, and, right then, and then sell it right and away and start it. a new lease or something? Exactly. So the four grand I made, I always discounted off my monthly payments for two and a half. So my monthly payments actually were lower than what I made. the way I think about it. Oh, okay. So wait, you take away that four grand is profit after the two and a half years of payments. That's pretty fucking fire. So you got a car for free and made four grand over two and a half years. Yeah. That's pretty... That's, and I get a new car that's, every two years, no, baby. No, I, I would you love, can't always do this. Though. I don't know if my listeners will, will feel comfortable doing this, yeah. but if you're, if you're a hard-nosed person <laughs> and you, you're, you're in a frugal position of your life, I mean, fuck, here's a deal on how to get a, a cheap car. No, it won't work right now because of the used car. No, the used the, car there's, industry, It's a shortage of cars. So, so right now, right you right can now. lease a car if you can find a new car. And you could probably get away with that. But it's going to be harder today. So it's just a ship shortage. You don't have anything to negotiate. Yeah, with. No it's leverage. very hard right now. So I got lucky I got this right before that happened. And I was able to get the deal. I actually, crazy, I flew to Chicago. That's uh, not that crazy. Dude, to get my passport booked in time, I was willing to fly to fucking Connecticut for like a day and fly back. But all the all, so, all the passport offices in the country. We, so we like, I've heard to, crazier. We flew to Chicago, went to this dealership, I'm about to do the Audi deal, and you know try to pull this whole thing off. And the GM walks in, and he's like, "I talked to him on the phone before you flew in here. I said I'm not going to discount it. And I said I just negotiated with you. Right? I have it on paper that he wrote down he's going to give me this price. We get the financing, and." Those scumbags extended the months 
like to making me think I'm paying that monthly payment. Yeah. But it technically the it was like forty forty eight instead of thirty six or something or what? No. Yeah. Okay. They had no, 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 no. They didn't even do the 48. They did like 45, so it looked like 36, right? Luckily, I had my Excel sheet. Again, guys. I had my Excel sheet. Luckily, I had my Excel sheet. Be prepared. So I plugged these numbers in like, that is not right. And the account person's like, what, what are you talking about? You agreed to this. I was like, here are the numbers. And this is on, this is what the salesperson wrote down. And I get super angry. Like, Jen was like, scared. I got really, the guy lied to me. The sales guy comes back. He's like, "They, they hit you with they, your own game." Yeah, they, they did, they did. So the guy, the guy comes in. He's like, "No, no, oh yeah, I did. No, Dennis, it's it's gonna work out this way. You're gonna get your monthly payment. I gave you ski racks. I gave you weather mats. I'm like, I was gonna get that anyways." Yeah. And <laughs> and um, the GM comes in and literally tells me, "I told you you're not gonna get that price." I'm like, "What are you talking about?" I talked to you over the because I did call ahead. Like I told you, I always call ahead. Yeah. And you know, try to see how what the negotiations and I'm gonna get it. I thought I was gonna get it. This guy's like, I'm like about to walk out. I'm like yeah. super angry. And um, the manager's like, just get out of here. Tells me get out of here. I'm yeah. not gonna give you more than five hundred bucks off. Like. Five hundred dollars. Okay. Yeah. Okay. It's like a couple grand. He's like missing. So I was like, and I walked out. And literally, I had planned. This is how bad sometimes it can go, guys. You have to be flexible. I planned to drive that car back, so I didn't have a flight back. So me and Jen are like homeless on the street, just walk out of the dealership because this guy's like, I literally screamed, "You lied to me!" Because they did. They dealerships will take advantage of people. One hundred percent. One hundred percent. Just know it's that. like their business model. That is their. Business That's why they want you in there versus buying online it's, too. Exactly. So uh, we walk out, and I'm like, "We have no car. It's fine. I I didn't get what I wanted." Yeah, and you got to be flexible. And so we literally. I feel like you should never walk into a dealership needing a car. You buy a car when you don't need a car, so you can always be willing to walk I out had like it, this. Guys. Anyway. And that's what I'm telling you. It's not always guaranteed at work. So I flew somewhere where I didn't have a place to go. My friend was out of town. Who I had a friend in Chicago. So literally, we're walking down the street, and we just go to a hot dog shop, trying to rethink what we're we gonna do. My sister lives in St. Louis. Yeah. And I was like, well, we're gonna drive through her place before we call yeah. Colorado. And I was like, that's not a far drive. And I started looking at rental companies everything's closed because of COVID oh, other shit. than the airport. Okay. And then I looked at the prices for rental cars. It was They're, over $600. Rental cars are expensive right now too. Yeah. Holy crap. So I was like, can we just see if there's a direct flight to St. Louis? And we got so lucky to Frontier had a $100 flight. Okay. Literally booked it and it was two hours till it flew out. So we took the blue line straight to the airport yeah. that second. So we literally flew in, flew out, went to St. Louis. And so you didn't get the car there? Mm. I came back. I stayed in St. Louis for a couple of days, went to the dealerships there in St. Louis, also couldn't get the deal done. Okay. Crazy. I flew all over the place. Then we flew back to Colorado, also like didn't even plan to fly back, so I bought tickets for 30 bucks. Random tickets, dude. Just a random day because we're working from home. Yeah, yeah, right. You're chilling. And so we get back to Colorado and we don't have a car because I'd already sold the Jeep, you know? Yeah. And I was like, I got to figure this out. And so I'm, I'm hmm. like, all right, I'm just going to go to, because it's more expensive to buy a car here than uh, outside of here. Okay. In Colorado. You can go to Chicago. Chicago's a really good place to buy cars. Okay. Just that's why. Like, it's just cheaper. Okay. That's they have, they, I don't know why. It's maybe because Michigan. But they have higher tax and shit, right? Yes, but you don't have to pay your tax to where you register. Oh, yeah. You, you, that's what your tags are for and shit. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, um, eventually I came here. I literally went up north to Flatirons. And, you know, I was pretty straight with this guy. I was like, this is all I'm going to pay. And I'm walking out right now. He gave it to me. Didn't okay. even have to negotiate. Okay. It was cool. Weird. So it was like, so like weird. being patient, but, to pay it off. But don't forget this, guys. 
always go at the end of the month because they're based on right. Yeah, yeah. So I did go on the 30th, literally That's the key. Yeah, and yeah. it's not about making money for them. It's numbers because they get discounts. They have the inventory, right? And they get they get the fee or a, a forever thing. They keep on lot yeah. past a certain time. Yeah, or, yeah. If it's yeah. past a certain time on their lot and you can check actually they're paying like a tax how on, long that car has been on there. And this Audi was on there for over two months. Um, yeah, I was able to get my deal. I guess they were, I got lucky, like I said, that day they just need to get the car out of there. To yeah. Get new shipments in. Yeah. See, that's the benefit of not buying a car when you need a car, <laughs> right? I mean, he, you didn't even have a car, but you guys are like, we'll figure it out we'll over the, that, like yeah. a month or two in yeah. three different cities. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And, you know, that that's my life, dude. It's kind of crazy. Hey, everybody. Thank you for tuning in. That was part one of my episode with Dennis Regalado. Tune in next week for part two. We're going to talk a little bit about how you can pick up on social trends to invest in stocks um, and then also how you can leverage your retirement account, uh, 401ks, Roth IRAs and such to actually repurpose those funds towards investment properties or, or other types of investments. So good stuff coming next week as well. I hope you enjoyed this episode. Share it with a friend. Don't forget at TalkCashPod. If you want to check me out, thanks again. Take care, guys. Have a good week. We'll see you next Tuesday.